Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Amen. We want to take a moment and welcome you out today. We are so very glad that you are here today. We also want to welcome everybody joining us online. We appreciate you taking the time uh, to uh, spend time with us in worship. Amen. We pray that your worship experience would be uh, fulfilling, that God would touch you and minister to you. I could tell you today is a great day. Uh, we, we, we had an awesome uh, 8.30 service, uh, uh, just shared uh, communion together. But this service, this is going to be off the hook. And you say, why is that? We've already had a great time of worship. Uh, We're going to have a great time in the Word of God. But then we're going to be taking communion together. And then we are going to be celebrating in uh, believer's baptism. Amen. So we have got several people being baptized. Amen. And you know what? God is doing such a great thing in this church. And it's, it's exciting to be a part of it. Can you say amen? But before we go any further today, I want to just remind everybody of two announcements. First of all, uh, remember that starting next week at 9 a.m. in room number four, I think we got it on the uh, uh, the weekly is number five. So if it's if if you go to five and it's not there, go to four. If they're not there, go to five. I mean, it's, it's one of them rooms, but we are starting our New Life 101. This is our foundations class. And so if you've been, you know, even if you've been saved a while, but you say, you know what, I need some foundational truth uh, in my life and things that I can build on, this is the class for you. If, or, you've, or if you've been saved just recently, you really need to come and be a part of this class. So that's at 9 o'clock in those rooms there. And then also we want to remind all the visitors, uh, we value, value people that visit uh, and worship God with us. And if this is your first time today or if in the last several weeks or even the last couple months uh, you've been uh, new to our church, uh, we, we want to we uh, pay for dinner. Amen. We want to uh, provide a dinner for you right here. We're going to be in the sanctuary uh, meeting with you and just sharing our lives with you, getting to know you, you allowing you to get to know us a little bit. And there's a, uh, some folks that will be out uh, in the foyer so you can sign up with that. If you'd sign up for that, that helps us because of the food. So I'm also this morning, uh, it's my pleasure to do this. So I'm going to ask Vivi, uh, where's Vivi at? Raise your hand. Vivi, would you come up front? Amen. I'm going to also ask Alex, uh, Chadsey, and um, Amy to come up. And then um, uh, Harry, I see that you're here. Would you come up, Harry? Would you come up real quick? Uh, what we're doing right now, and Rosemary, would you come up real quick? Um, what we're doing right now is Vivi has got an opportunity to go to Bible school. Amen. And so, Hallelujah. And so one of the things that we like to do is this will be, this will be her, uh, this is your last Sunday here, right? You're leaving? Uh, when are you leaving? Saturday. Saturday. So next Saturday she's leaving and uh, going up uh, uh, Northern California to Bethel to the, the, the Bible school there. And uh, we know Amy, Amy went for three years and came back changed and she got like, came back, got married, got pregnant. And I was... <laughs> Not certain what they put in the water up there, but so hey, Vivi, here's your future. No, I'm just teasing. I'm not being prophetic. 
I'm actually just joking. That's, that's all a joke. It's all a joke. But we do want to lay hands on you, and we want to uh, send you off and anoint you and, and just believe God uh, will do wonderful things with you and for you and that, that, that he'll speak to you there. So why don't you lift your hands real quick? Would you stretch your hand towards Vivi? So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, Lord, we come before you. And, Father, we lift up Vivi to you, God. We thank you, God, for her, her testimony, her stand for you, her love for you, God, for her passion. Lord, that she says, I want more. And, Father, she's going to go. She's going to learn about you. She's going to absorb. And you know what? Then she'll come back, and, Father, she'll light the world on fire whether it's here in Kingman or anywhere else in the world. And Father, we just pray, God, that you would do great things. Father, that you would provide, meet every need. Father, that you would protect, keep her safe. But more more than anything, Father, that you would come alongside her. God, that you instruct her in righteousness and in truth. And God, that your hand would be upon her. And so we send her off and we anoint her and we turn her into your hands, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let's give Vivi a hand. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's a great day. Amen. So let me get my message here real quick. Got to work through the technology and we'll get there. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians, the book of Galatians chapter number five. We're going to look at two verses of Scripture this morning, and these two verses of Scripture are going to be our launching pad, as it were, into this message. And so, I want you to pay attention to these verses because I do believe they have a message to speak to us today. The Bible says this, starting in verse number one. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Now drop down to verse 13. It says this, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. <clears throat> and if I could just say something to you just real quick, a little tiny segue bunny trail. That last phrase, but through love serve one another, I cannot tell you how important that is. I, I actually, I can. Jesus was asked the question, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, body, mind, everything in you. Love him all the way. And then he said this, and the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, and then he said something remarkable. All of the law and the prophets are fulfilled in that. That needs to register somewhere to us. Can you say amen? We tend to be somewhat good at loving God with all our heart. We tend to really struggle serving one another in a spirit of love. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves, don't we? Sometimes we get irritated. You ever been irritated with people? If you haven't, then you just need to spend a day with me. Because I could tell you enough irritation comes just driving to work. I've had enough. And then I got to drive back. And then I got to go to Walmart. 
setting up. And God's like, all them people you encountered today are objects of my love. And I'm like, God, I don't know how you do it. And he says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But you know what? Tomorrow is 4th of July, and we are in 4th of July weekend, and it is a day that we as a country celebrate our freedom. And make no mistake about it, America is the greatest country in the world because of that freedom. Can you say amen? But freedom is being challenged these days. You don't have to watch the news more than probably about two seconds before you figure out that freedom, socially, politically, and spiritually, is being challenged on every level. And in much of the world, people have developed a shallow view of freedom. The worldly view of freedom tries to convince us that we must look out for ourselves and nothing else. And for many of us, freedom has become synonymous with personal independence. Listen to what I'm saying. See, we insist our freedom or we insist on the freedom to do whatever we want, wherever we want, whenever we want. I'm free. You aren't telling me nothing. Amen? But this is not the kind of freedom that Jesus died to give you and I. When Jesus revealed himself as Messiah, he said that he had come to the earth to proclaim freedom. Look at Luke chapter 4. Verse 18 and 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Listen, to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And on another occasion, he said in John 8, 36, he says, Therefore, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus was not setting us free to do whatever we want, whenever we want. He was setting us free to do what we ought to do. He was freeing us to walk in relationship with Him and to be the kind of people He created us to be. Listen, the spiritual freedom in Christ that comes to us at salvation gives us the ability to obey Jesus and to choose His will for our lives. That's what freedom is about. Now listen, freedom is dangerous in the hands of those that do not know how to use it. Because of two reasons. Either because we neglect it, or because we exploit it. Either way, we end up right back where we started, and most of the time, worse. Now, I heard a story a while back. I'm not sure that it's a true story. It could be, but I'm going to share the story with you. There's a story about a town where all the residents are ducks. Every Sunday, the ducks waddled out of their houses and waddled down the main street to their church. They waddled into the sanctuary and squat in their favorite pew The duck choir would waddle up and take its place, and then the duck minister comes forward and opens up his duck Bible. He reads to them, Ducks, God has given you wings 
And with wings you can fly. With wings you can mount up and soar like eagles. No walls can confine you. No fences can hold you. You have wings. God has given you wings and you can fly like birds. All the ducks would jump up and they shouted, Amen, Amen. And then they waddled home, never becoming what God wanted them to be. Now, I have to be honest with you, when I read that story for the first time this yesterday, or not yesterday, Friday, I thought it was a little silly and I moved on. But it gripped me because I have been that duck pastor that has waddled my way into the pulpit, shouted my sermon, jumped up and down, said, look at what we are, only to waddle back home and remain always what I've always been. When I was in high school, which was a long time ago in the early 80s, it's funny, you know, because when, when you say, I'm like an old timer, I, uh, you know, when I was in high school, like the 1880s, no, it's the 1980s. In the early 80s, you know, when I was a gold miner, you know, that's kind of how it feels, but that, that's what happens with age, you know. I was a part of that 80s crew. 80s was a great decade. It's the decade I met Kathy. It's when I got married. It's when we had our first kids. I got sent out. Man, the 80s, a lot happened in the 80s. And the music is off the hook. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> when I was in high school, the United States Army had a slogan that had become highly recognized as a cliche in American culture. And for years, Army recruiters would entice young men and women with the phrase, be all that you can be in the Army. Literally thousands of individuals signed up to serve their country, hoping to become all that they could be. The sad truth is, is that many never became all that they could be. Most settled for the mediocre, the mundane, and most are content to just get by. So it is in the church. It's words like common, ordinary, usual, every day, and average that describe those that make up the majority of our society. With a strong sense of pride, we oftentimes describe ourselves like, a, like we're wearing a merit badge. I'm just an ordinary guy. We're just common folk. I'm an average Joe just getting by. Well, I want you to know something this morning. That is not how the Bible describes you. And that is not what Jesus sets you free to become. So how do you know that? Listen to this one passage of Scripture. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want you to know this morning that you don't have to settle for being an ordinary person or an average Christian. I want 
to excel. I want you to excel. I want us to rise above. And the good news is the Word of God tells us that we can. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 and 20 from the New Living Translation says, May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now glory be to God by his mighty power at work within us. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare, ask, or hope. Listen to that. There is something inside of us that is more than we can imagine. Because what he deposited in us, we are more than what we can imagine. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In our hearts, Jesus takes up residence. Think about that. The creator of the universe, the the, the one the Bible describes as being immeasurable, uncontainable, indescribable, he lives in your heart. We are agents of his authority, heirs to his promise. We are the focus of his love, and we are the apple of his eye. The truth is God sees in us what others never see. And we find this very fact in Scripture, Matthew chapter 16, 17, and 18. Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus saw something in Simon that no one else did. Jesus saw a rock. Everyone else saw a flake. Jesus sees something in you and I as well. And what he sees is the potential that he planted in us long before we were ever born. See, in our society, no one is ever encouraged to excel. But the irony of all of it is this. When we get sick, we don't want an average doctor. When we need legal counsel, we don't want an average lawyer. When we need to go to war, we don't want an average general. One of my favorite generals in all of history was Patton. He would, stories if they're true, I don't know if they are, but they, would say, they said that he would sit on the front of his tank with his two pearl-handled or ivory bone-handled pistols, shooting at other tanks. That's the guy I want to go to war for me. Robert Frost said this, all men are born free and equal, free at least in their right to be different. Some people want to homogenize society in every way. I'm against the homogenizers. I want the cream to rise. See, this world is in desperate need I'm going to say it again to you. If you get anything, get this. This world right now is in desperate need of Christians to rise above the average. We don't need ordinary believers with everyday faith and common love. We need extraordinary believers with supernatural faith and an uncommon love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Christians need to hear the call to rise above because we are in danger of producing a manageable indifference whose slogan is anything is good enough for God. There's no doubt that we live in perilous times today. And the time has come to shake off the common, the usual, the ordinary. It's time to step up to the plate and swing, and swing with all that's within us. It's time to get out of the status quo and be all that we can be in the kingdom of heaven. One man said it this way, Christian excellence is not a vicious one-upmanship with others, but a personal commitment to be the best one can be. I remember years ago, an episode of MASH. How many remember the show MASH? I watched it so much that I can almost say every dialogue, all the dialogue in it. But I remember this one particular show, Father Mulcahy was having a difficult time. He was bummed out. He didn't feel like his life mattered. He didn't feel like that his life, he just felt it was kind of ordinary. And so he was going through this and he didn't feel like he was really measuring up. And, and he comes outside and Hawkeye comes out to encourage him. And, and Father McKay, he said something along the lines of, he was complaining about that he didn't do very good. And Hawkeye said, well, did you do your best? And he, he goes, yeah, some best. And Hawkeye looks at him and goes, look, best is best. So, so why does that matter? Because, see, the problem is, church, we get into this thing where we think it's all about being perfect. Because we are a society that is so driven by performance and comparison. It's like we're, we're, we're fighting for everyone's approval and you already have God's. What more do you need? The King of kings and the Lord of lords approves of you. And furthermore, you are running a different race than I'm running. So there is no comparison. But yet what happens is we think we got to be perfect. We think that if I can't rise to the level of perfection, but you know what? Perfection is all about performance and comparison. What we need to do is be excellent. They say, what do you mean by that? Be the best you can be because best is best. If best is if you've turned in your best, then don't fret. Walk in joy. Say, you know what? I have did the best I could. Problem is, it's very easy to get stuck in the current of everyday life and never really do much more than drift. And I think if there's anything that troubles me as a pastor... It's that right there. I, 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 I'm going to say this to you. I, I remember a time when I was a disciple. You know, we knew, I knew that I was called to be a minister. I knew I was called to be a pastor. So every, every sermon I, I, I listened to, I listened, through, I listened to through the context of being a pastor or being a minister and all of the things that God would say. And that kind of has been lost because it's kind of like we just listen. It's like, kind of like I talked about last week, you know, do you, do you have ears to hear? Are you hearing it? Because it's not about being a pastor. 
I had somebody ask me the question, say, you know what, pastor, I think I'm called to preach, but I just don't know if I could be a pastor. Well, let me solve the problem. Everyone in this room is called to preach. We're all called to preach. There's only a handful that are called to be pastors today. And everybody's stressing. It's like, well, I can't do that. I can't get up there and do what you do. No, but you could speak to the cash register person. You could tell them about the gospel. You could speak. You could preach to your family. You could talk to your grandkids. You could talk to your nephews, your cousins, your brothers, your sisters. Every one of us are called to preach. But the problem is, is we look at the Word of God as if it's for someone else. It's not for someone else. It's for you. It's speaking to you. See, we need Christian garbage men. I need the guy picking up my garbage to know Jesus. They say, yeah, that's funny. Then we laugh at that and chuckle. But you say, why is that important? Because there is a spirit that travels. We need Christian lawyers and doctors and teachers and judges. We need people to be Christian. Why? So we could take over the world? No. So that we can influence the world for the kingdom. So that the Spirit of God can rise up and God can move through this world. You say, why? Do you know what happened in the 70s? Let me tell you something. And I'm not, please, I'm, I'm not hammering anybody. What happened in the 70s, we got so caught up in the last days. Preachers were actually saying, charge your credit cards up and leave it to the Antichrist. Don't go to college. You don't have time for that. Just, just you know, sit around and sing Kumbaya and study the Bible. But what happened is, you know what? The devil was sending his folks to college. And they were learning and growing. And now what do we have as a generation that's leading us that is ungodly? They have no morals. They have no foundation. They despise human life. Why? Because we abdicated. And we have an opportunity right now to stand up and be who God called us to be. Or we can abdicate again. Listen to Paul's passion in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the run, runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will, la- will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. What is he saying? He's telling these folks to run. Run to win. I just want to finish. Not me, man. I don't want to just come crawling across the finish line. I want to come across in victory. I want to come across. And you know what? Here's the great news. I can. Not because I'm a great runner, but because Jesus is. And he already won. We've been set free not to run any race. Not to run in any manner. We are not free to do whatever we want, wherever we want, whenever we want. 
We are free to become all that God has called us to be. We are free to rise above the average and become extraordinary people filled with all the fullness of God changing the world around us. Amen? Why don't we bow our heads for a moment? I'm going to ask the ushers to go and begin to prepare communion. But I want to pray for us today. I want to pray that God would touch us today. Father, I just come before you right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would stir our hearts. God, that we would begin to walk in this freedom, freedom in Christ. Lord, to be the people you've called us to be. Father, that we would be hungry enough Lord, to to find out what it is you want us to do. Father, I pray, God, that you help us, that you encourage us, and you strengthen us today, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. As we prepare to take communion, Jason and the worship team are just going to play some music in the background. But I want you to consider some things, because what we are about to do is no light, man, uh, light thing. This is extremely important today. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 11, 24 through 25. It says, He took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now I want you to hear me and hear my words this morning. Breakthrough, the kind of breakthrough that you need today, comes when we remember Jesus. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? It's when we put our eyes and our minds and our focus back on what He did, back on what He accomplished on the cross. And by taking communion this morning, we are focusing on His love, His healing, His grace, His mercy. Listen, whatever you've done and Whatever has been done to you, God has outdone it. He's overcome it. And he paid the price for it through the finished work on the cross. Can you say amen? And it's time that we plug into the power of God in our lives. It's time that we activate the power of God that is inside us. What did you do when you proclaimed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You were plugging into the power of His salvation. And when you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you activated the power of salvation. That very moment, you declared Jesus as Lord. And I want to encourage you today There have been many times when Kathy and I have taken communion in the midst of fear, confusion, pressure, and stress. Times when we were not sure what we should do. Times when things were not going the way we wanted them to. 
Things were, times when we were confused. But in those times, by remembering Jesus through communion with his body and his blood, his peace came over us. His healing came. His freedom came. The supernatural presence of Jesus comes through his body and his blood. And it's enough to silence all the accusing voices that condemn and limit us and defeat us. This morning, Jesus invites us to come to receive communion, to find healing and rest for our souls, to receive communion and to experience the peace that comes, that overflows from it. Now, this morning, what I want you to do is I want you to expect the joy and happiness that he has to invade your life in this very moment. Expect power to meet your need. I want you to understand the most important point of all is this, is his body was broken for our healing, his blood was shed for the ratification of the new covenant, and his blood seals and confirms all the rights, privileges, and benefits of that new covenant. Are you hearing me today? Jesus came to establish a better covenant, a new covenant that was signed and sealed in his blood. And in this new covenant, we are guaranteed salvation for the whole man, body, soul, and spirit. In this new covenant, we're given intimate access to the throne of God. And in this new covenant, by faith, we are given a position of righteousness. In this new covenant, we're given a new identity. In this new covenant, we become heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. And in this new covenant, we are given power and authority through his name and his word. And in this new covenant, we walk in personal, intimate relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And time would prevent me this morning from listing all of the things that are new and better in this new covenant that is signed and sealed and authorized by the shed blood of Jesus. The point is, every time we take communion, we remember exactly what his broken body and shed blood provides. Communion is a celebration of victory. Communion is a proclamation of redemption. Communion is a declaration of dependence. Communion is an examination of self. Communion is a, rep, is a reception of provision. This morning, as we take communion, let's keep our hearts centered on the true meaning of communion and all that it rep represents. Can you say amen? So the Bible says that Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we are going to take this bread and we're going to pray. And I want you to pray. You can pray your prayer. You can pray with me. But pray this morning. Father, as we come to you taking this communion, we take this bread, which is your body, and this cup, which is your blood, and we thank you. And we thank you for your sacrifice for us and all that you've done for us. You took the pain of the cross for us, and you died for us, and we thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now and eternal life forever. Thank you for your extravagant love and your unmerited favor for us. We worship you. We remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us. And as you instructed your disciples, we receive this bread and this cup in remembrance of you. And Lord, as we take communion today, we know this bread is your body that was broken for us so that we may walk in divine healing, divine health, and divine life. And as we take this bread, we consider the broken body of Jesus and all that it has accomplished. Jesus, your broken body is payment for all healing, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So we say to the spirit of infirmity, these are the words of God against you. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Therefore, by the stripes of Jesus, we declare life, health, and healing over every person, every family, and every home in this place. So according to your word, God, we receive this bread in remembrance of you. We know that your body was broken for us and for our healing. We remember your physical sacrifice you made for us. And we receive all that it provides for us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake. Then Jesus, the Bible says, took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So Father, as we take this cup today and this communion, we know this cup is the new covenant in your blood. And through your shed blood, all your promises are paid for. They are yes and amen. And as we take this cup, we remember your spiritual sacrifice on the cross. And we consider the blood of Jesus and we make these declarations. We declare the blood of Jesus sets us free. It cleanses our hearts and gives us access to Jesus. We declare the blood of Jesus is sufficient for every difficulty, every problem, and every calamity. We declare the blood of Jesus overcomes all the works of the enemy. We declare the blood of Jesus saves us, redeems us, restores us, and gives us a hope and a future. And today we declare over every family in this church and ev that everything that has been locked up and shut up by the enemy is loosed. We declare the days of wilderness and desert living are over. We declare we are coming out of every demonic prison constructed unjustly and illegally by the enemy. We declare every mental block, every mind-binding spirit, and every spiritual and physical restriction is broken in Jesus' name. And we declare we are loosed from every oppression. And we say we are spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically free. And we declare we are loosed to live and breathe and operate in all the fullness and plan of God on every level designed for us and this church. And we declare our season of fruitfulness begins now. And we declare all of this in Jesus' name. So according to your word, we receive this cup in remembrance of you. It is a sign and seal that you have heard our prayer and are moving in our behalf. And we receive all that this communion provides. And we thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice for us. In Jesus' name, let's partake. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Isn't that wonderful this morning? We're almost done, but not quite. Amen. So I'm going to ask all those that are getting baptized, would you come?
and join me on stage. Would you just come? Luke, I'm going to just move you back just a little bit. I just want you to join me on stage right here. Just come right up these stairs right here. Come on up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our children's church is coming in. Going to watch communion. I'm going to need the announcement mic turned on there in the back. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, it's good to see you guys. Praise God. Let's give them a hand right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on down, Chandler. Come down. Let's, let's come down. We've got, got some more coming. Amen. Right, right there. Right there, brother. Hallelujah. This is why we do what we do. This is why this church exists. Amen. It's for, for those that are not yet part of it. Those are not yet part of the kingdom that they would give their lives to Jesus. So real quick, what we're going to do, and I'm sure they told you all this, I'm just going to come by, just tell me your name, and just real quick what Jesus did for you. Just, just, just make a testimony unto the Lord. Amen? Chandler, what's your name? <laughs> My name is Chandler. God's been with my life for a while. Amen. Praise God. God's been really this my life has been this awesome. Hallelujah. Praise God. My name is Daniel Baker and the Lord actually saved me from who I was. Now I turned over and everything. Praise God. Praise God, brother. My name is Brenda Sampson, and Jesus has blessed me and guided me every day of my life. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Uh, Jesus gives me the strength to carry on, gives me peace and hope and happiness. Amen. Praise God, brother. My name is Daryl, and God saved me more times than I can count. Amen. Praise God. My name's Derek, and God saved me more times than I deserved, but I'm glad that he did it, and I'm glad that I'm following through with this. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. My name, my name is Danny. I want to thank you that Jesus died on the cross for us. Amen. I loved him. He saved our life. He gave us strength. Amen. He gave us everything that we need. Amen, brother. Hallelujah. My name is Kim, and God saved me from my self-addiction and homelessness, and I'm very grateful to be here. Amen. Amen. My name's Austin, and God has saved me also from addiction and homelessness and um, a lot of different things. He, he continues to bless us every day. Thank Amen. you, God.
That's good enough right there, brother. <laughs> Hi, my name is Bruce Martin, and Jesus, through Doug, asked me to be here today to get baptized and relive the uh, joy of Christ. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen. So what we're going to have you do now, so I'm just going to have you guys go down and just kind of line up there. And what we're going to do, guys, and, and, and for the rest of the congregation, the worship team is just going to take us into a worship song. And we're going to just have you come in one at a time, and we're going to baptize you, have you get out. When you're, when, you're, when you're out, you could go right down the carpet into the bathroom. You can change, and we're just going to believe God to do a great thing. So if you guys want to head down there, Alex, if you'll show them where they need to go. This is such a celebration, church. This is what it's all about. This is souls that have been saved. Amen. So if you're wondering what we do, sometimes when folks can't get into the baptismal tank, we, we come up with an alternative way. So we're going to have him sit in the chair, and we're going to douse him real good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
God, we thank you for what yet is to come. God, the great blessing, God, of our future. And Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, just before we go, did you want to say something? Oh, your kids, parents, your kids are all right here. (laughs) You know, as we were doing this, I couldn't help but get emotional just because... You know, so often you labor and you labor and you labor and you wonder, you know, are we, are, we, are we doing anything? Are we getting it done? And then you just see the precious souls that give their life to Jesus. Yes. And, and then you, you begin to realize that, you know what? This is why I was put on the planet. This is why God answered the prayer. And this is so awesome. Today is such an awesome day. Wow. God is so good. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. God bless you. You go today. You be blessed and be filled and love your afternoon today. God bless you. We'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.